Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman, and with us, Zach, the God King, Mark Langley from Georgia, dropping a massive super chat to kick the show off. (laughs) Love you, Mark. We're going to come back to you, Mark. Happy holidays. Hope you had a great Christmas, but Zach, I'm stunned now all of a sudden. We just get started, and boom, he drops a massive super, but how you doing, bro? And Vic Fangio, has the light left his eyes? He claims it hasn't, but what else is he going to say? You know, I, I think he's getting to the point of desperation now. And if you go back and rewatch yesterday's game, if you focus on the shots of Vic Fangio on the sideline, when his crossed arms weren't blocking his face, you could see a genuine uh, look of worry, I think, on Vic Fangio's expressions and his mannerisms. And I think he knows the walls are closing in now because he can't escape another non-playoffless season, non-competitive season, and the Broncos are tail spinning their way to what a seven win 2021 season but him saying i'd be okay i'd be willing to come back for the final year of my contract with no extension he's signing up to be a lame duck head coach if that's not desperation i don't know what is but i start to question his motives because i don't really think he loves being a head coach that much i know the paycheck's pretty nice so that's why he'd want to do it but i think it's power he doesn't want to relinquish yeah, this title before Zach, he doesn't has he get to. the paycheck no matter what in the NFL. So it's like if it's for cause, if they fire him for cause mm. or well, not for cause, whatever that works. I'm, but I'm, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go on. I'm I just it's it's very uncharacteristic of Fangio, who's very tight lipped and buttoned up and and kind of get off my grass persona to be willing unprompted to offer that and send like a public olive branch to George Payton's office. I don't know. I think he knows that he can't escape this certain season with the quarterback that he hand selected. And the he tried so hard yesterday, Chad. It was hard going through the post game because we can't get to the quotes. But when he said that Drew Locke played an up and down game, not much to talk about on offense. That's positive. But if that was Teddy Bridgewater with the same numbers, he would have commended Teddy for playing in that game. So it's really a changing of the stances verbally and publicly from Vic Fangio, and I think he knows uh, his time is running out. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Mark, you demand, bro. Hope you had a great Christmas. Give our best to Penny. Give our best to Zach. And uh, we'll we'll see what else is on your mind in the chat, my friend. Zach, I wrote an article. I mean, I went through the, you know, when we go live immediately after the game for the gut reactions, the one downside to that is we can't be there for the pressers, right? And so we're, when we're live, we're either dependent on what our community is telling us in the chat, or we have to go back through and uh, literally kind of comb through the quotes or whatever. And this is something we absolutely did last night. And I got to tell you, dude, I'm going to pull up the article here, but Vic Fangio, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He has a Drew Locke bias relative to Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't even think it's so much comparing it to Teddy. Vic Fangio straight up has a Drew Locke bias, and I want to point a few things out to you guys real quick. I want to illustrate this, Zach, because not everyone has probably read the article. It's done pretty well. but not everyone hearing this right now might know what I'm even talking about. Let's let's dial it back really quick to last night when Vic Fangio, after the game, was asked, hey, how did Drew play, right? Here's what he said, quote, and he basically doubled down on this again today, and I'll talk more about that here, but here's what he said, quote, I'd say up and down, it's hard to say anything. When you get 158 yards of offense and eight first downs, it's hard to say anything good about the offense. Drew Locke, Zach, 15 of 22, little over 100 yards or whatever it was, 140 yards. No touchdowns, no picks, no turnovers, right? And that's the best he can muster for Drew Locke. Now, I'm not, real quick, I'm not saying Vic Fangio should have had some profuse praise for Drew, all right? Because they lost the game and the offense only had one first down on third down. I mean, we there's a lot of metrics that add up in terms of why you wouldn't necessarily, Zach, go overboard complimenting the quarterback for that particular performance. But let's dial it back three games, all right, to the Kansas City game post-game, reminding everybody, Teddy Bridgewater in that game was the primary perpetrator for why the Broncos got beat down by the Chiefs. couple of picks, loosey-goosey, ugly, ugly, arguably his ugliest game of the season. After that game, what could he have said about Teddy specifically. Hey Vic, how'd you feel about those interceptions? Vic quote, one was a tip. I'm not sure on the other one that he threw and that they caught. I'm not sure of the story behind that one. I thought Teddy did a lot of good things. We as a team did not do enough. Close quote. Zach, there is no way around it. Okay. And 
I've got a theory behind why this is or what this is, but what's your reaction to this just being completely laid bare at this point? There's no getting around that. He's a liar. Fangio is a liar. He said it was an even-steven competition. It was never even-steven. Uh, you know, he claimed the Broncos aren't a Jekyll and Hyde team when they certainly define that term, Chad. And for him to even infer he has no bias, he's lying about that. How about pointing out the fact the Broncos had 18 total rushing yards? 18. The majority of which did not come, by the way, via Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams. They came from Drew Locke. How about talking about that? How about talking about how the offensive coordinator who he hired in Pat Shermer put them in no situation to ever establish anything continual, to push the ball down the field, to put touchdowns on the board instead of settling for field goals? How about the fact of Vic Fangio taking three points off the board by mismanaging the sideline with Brandon McManus, causing McManus to verbally fire back at him and blowing a field goal opportunity? He is so biased, he is so subjective and not objective in his reporting, so to speak, of the Broncos, publicly anyway, his assessment of the Broncos, and that's why he'll always be a, 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 a defensive-minded assistant. He'll never be a head coach because he doesn't see the game in all three phases. He has no interest in the offense. He took one liking to one particular quarterback, that quarterback being Teddy Bridgewater, and he did it over the betterment of the entire team because he's incompetent and he deserves his pink slip. To me, Zach, and I don't really disagree with anything you just said, There's it's one of two things, all right? One, it wasn't just Drew Locke whizzed in his Cheerios, right? I think if there was a turning point to Vic Fangio becoming just so bleak and I don't know how else to explain it relative to Drew Locke, I think it was the week 12 mask gate snafu in which Drew Locke, you know, he uh, made some mistakes, not only the mask, but purportedly trying to deceive uh, the NFL when they came sniffing around the situation. But that's either it, Zach, or what about this? I want to, we, we've talked about that as a possibility, right? For a long time. Maybe that's what rubbed Vic ultimately. That's where he lost, that's where Drew Locke lost his head coach. But what about this? Anyone who's ever, who, who's a father out there that's coached your kids, or if you maybe own a business and you get your, your kid comes to work for you, a little nepotism. All right. There's some fathers as an example who are going to be way easier on their kid because it's their kid in those type of settings, whether it's in a business or whether it's a, you know, um, on the team or whatever, or if it's like me and the way my dad was, because I'm the kid, I'm way harder. He's way harder on me. You know, holds me to a higher standard. Expectations are significantly higher and the praise is a lot more stingy relative to, you know, whatever that endeavor is. If it's a football team or if we're working for your dad or whatever the case might be, could it be simply Zach that, Drew's his boy. Drew, after all, Zach, he's the quarterback that ushered in the Fangio era, right? That's who the Broncos drafted before Vic Fangio even got any players on the field. The first class under Fangio included Drew Lockett, the quarterback. Or could I just be trying to be a little bit too gracious to Vic here? I think there's some truth in what you said there. I mean, don't forget, he also fired Scangarello, so we kind of sabotaged Locke's pro progress by firing the coach that he was resonating with and hiring Pat Shermer, who completely goes against what Drew Locke should be doing at the NFL level. So I don't think he ever really believed in Drew Locke as a franchise quarterback. And I know I'm younger than the demographic around here, but for anyone who watched Hey Arnold growing up like I did, big fan of the show, do you remember the Tucker episode, the pass the ball to Tucker, where the coach's father was uh, the coach of the 
uh, the the, uh, the basketball team coach and his son played for the team and he wanted him to take all the shots and you had to get him the ball. He was the guy, despite Tucker couldn't shoot, he was hurting the team. Arnold had to step in and take the shots and actually help Tucker make the shots and help the team win the game. It kind of reminds me of that, that you mentioned the father coaching his son, giving preferential treatment, if that's what you're trying to say, or a bias. That's how Teddy is viewed in Vic Fangio's eyes. Well, it's to the detriment, not the betterment of the Broncos offense. And what you saw yesterday, despite what the haters have to say, and the those afflicted with LDS, Drew Locke took a step forward. He did not lose the Broncos the game. He was not the reason they lost. He did a lot of good things in yesterday's game. And he did the same things that if Teddy Bridgewater would have done that, if Teddy Bridgewater would have thrown the pass to Alberto that Alberto dropped, Teddy would be getting all the credit for it. But Drew Locke doesn't get any. They say it was the wrong throw. It should have been over the other shoulder. That's how delusional it really is. And it continues to be and will be. Dude, the uh, drops uh, last night in Vegas that uh, the offense suffered from that really hurt the offense overall. You had a story about the Albert O situation that could have been a game losing uh, drop that in and of itself is bad enough, but I'm going to come back to this because Sam Bam has been very patient. I'm going to find the quote today because even in the sense Zach of other guys dropping balls that should have been caught guys that are paid millions of dollars to catch these passes. He still, could not absolve Drew Locke of any wrongdoing on the drop. So I'm going to explain to you why. Hold on. First, Sam Bam. Thank you for your patience, my friend. Thank you for your support. He says, Zach, evening, guys. If Vic gets fired, what are your thoughts on Doug Peterson being the next head coach? I know he's a retread, but he's won a Super Bowl, coached under Andy Reid. Seemed to me that he got ousted too early in Philly. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think he did get ousted a little too early. Wasn't kind of vibing with – the GM there. I am very open. When when you talk about retreads, that's the guy right now that would probably come to the top of the list for me. But Zach, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of warming. I don't want another defensive coach, but what Dan Quinn is doing in Dallas this season is truly remarkable. That defense is Super Bowl caliber. So if they were to go in that general direction for Dan Quinn, I, I wouldn't shed any tears. I wouldn't shed any for Doug Peterson either, but I still want fresher blood. I don't want a retread, similar to how I really don't want a, another veteran quarterback, someone else's belongings at the Broncos are renting for a few years. I don't want to rent. I want to buy. I want to own. So I want the Brandon Staley route if the Broncos can go that way. A young up-and-coming coach who can stay with them and build with them for quite a while and still be in their 30s or 40s or whatever and not in their 60s like Vic Fangio. They need just... Just a new fragrance in the building. Uh, Kenyon, thank you, my friend, for the support over there on Facebook. You the man. Appreciate that. Zach, he couldn't even, Vic Fangio, say, yeah, those guys should have caught the ball. All right, quote, on his thoughts on the offensive drops and whether they could potentially have changed the outcome of the game. Quote, yeah, they could have. All three of them weren't routine catches. Now, specifically, he was asked about Jerry Judy uh, having three drops and then a few others, whatever. So he was mainly, mainly focusing on in this first um, remark, Zach, the Jerry Judy issue. So, quote, yeah, they could have. All three of them weren't routine catches by any means. There were people there or the ball wasn't just right on their body. That's football, totally Vic. Unhindered. And those are the kind of plays you have to make to close a game. Whether it's a low-scoring close game or a high-scoring close game, we've got to be able to find a way to make those plays. Vic can't even... <laughs> absolve Drew Locke of his wide receivers 
dropping passes, Zach. And there's something about this. When I when I brought up the whole father-son kind of dynamic where the father is the coach and so he holds his son to a higher kind of standard, he's a little more stingy with his praise, I mean that relative to how he treats Drew Locke, not Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, for some reason, don't ask me why or how or what, is on a different, it's almost like a pedestal to Vic Fangio. Like Teddy Bridgewater walked in with a Peyton Manning resume circa 2012 or something, like where it's peer-to-peer, not so much like, hey, you work for me type situation. Something about the fact that maybe he's been there, Zach, all through Drew Locke's development, the foibles, the triumphs, the foibles, the triumphs. Maybe that's what kind of informs this attitude where he just can't even give Drew the slightest sliver of a break. Chad, Chad, this was the same guy in Vic Fangio, his very first press conference with the Denver Broncos. He comes up to the podium. He's asked about Von Miller. Von Miller, not a player like Drew Locke, but Von freaking Miller. And what does he say? He doesn't give a compliment. He doesn't give relative coach speak. He goes, eh, he's good, but he can be better under me. So I'm not going to take my cues from that guy. I'm not going to take my cues from the guy who admittedly doesn't watch the offense. But that's the conundrum and the contradiction that is Vic Fangio. He goes, they're not routine plays by any means, but he ends the quote by saying, they're plays we have to make. Which is it? Stop fence-sitting, take a stance, and stick to it. The Albert O play... It was a tough catch. He had to spin around, but Drew Locke put that a 30-yard laser where only he could get it. And if he turns around and catches it because he had his hands on it, that's a touchdown. That might be a Broncos victory. If you get your hands on it, you got to bring it down. Same for Jerry Judy. I mean, that's a continuing problem with Drew Locke. He comes in the game, and suddenly the Broncos receivers can't catch. Suddenly the line can't block. Suddenly the, the coaches, well, we know that. They can't coach. But that's the that's the problem. And it's not an excuse. If you watch the games and take the blinders off, if you have Teddy blinders on, the team craps the bet around Drew Locke whenever he's in the game. It's it's wild. Doug, appreciate you, my friend. Uh, we're grateful for you being here. That's the that's the absolute truth. There's a point here, Zach, from Kenneth Patterson. He says, PFF said Drew Locke was by far the best player on offense yesterday. Can anyone prove them wrong? It's all subjective. But I would agree, to be honest with you, but it's not saying much because – Again, don't mistake what we're talking about here for us saying Drew was a stud yesterday, man. Like, he was lights out, bro. I mean, his numbers, obviously, let me just pull them up. I don't have memorized. I remember the 15 for 22, but Drew Locke finished with 153 yards passing and a QB rating of 87.9. So, as kind of middle-of-the-road subpar numbers as those may be in the modern NFL, for PFF to say Drew Locke was the best offensive player performance yesterday – I concur. Who was better? Who was so kind of, I wouldn't say flawless. That's not the right. Because when you say, when someone says no. flawless, Zach, I think the synonym is when the way people interpret that is you're saying perfect. All right. Drew wasn't perfect. Drew did what his coaches wanted him to do. Didn't give the ball away. Was relatively conservative with the ball. Pushed it when opportunity knocked. And most of those opportunities, when it knocked, Wideouts let him down. I think you hit the nail on the head because you said he did what the coaches asked of him. So the coaches, meaning Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio, they likely wanted to make Drew Locke into Teddy Bridgewater. And you know what? Mission accomplished. 
He didn't turn the ball over. He was relatively safe. He, he made good decisions. He checked it down a bunch. He became Teddy Bridgewater. So bravo, guys. That's still the same end result. And I don't know how Broncos country, it's subjective to every fan, how they want to grade or measure a quarterback. Some think quarterback wins are a part of the equation. Others don't. It seems to be that when, when Teddy Bridgewater wins, quarterback wins are factored in. When the Broncos win and Drew Locke's under center, it's not a quarterback stat. So again, it's more to the delusion and the, and the dissension in the fan base. And there's just so much hatred there's so much delusional um unnecessary unhinged hatred for drew lock i don't understand it he didn't go out there and nathan peterman he didn't even look like drew lock of a couple weeks ago he made better decisions and it's on my twitter right now i put it in slow-mo the alberto drop drew has a collapsing pocket a lot of muck and muddle around him he steps through it not off his back foot steps up into the pocket and fires a laser Teddy can't make that throw. He can't dream of making that throw. And if Albert O can just catch the ball, that's probably a Broncos touchdown. Everyone's talking about how the Broncos will win, but no one will be talking about how good Drew Locke played. Dark Strain in the house. Appreciate that super chat. He says, hey, it's Chris. Happy holidays. Let it be special. Thank you, my friend. Um, before I forget, guys, I want to give you an early update on where we stand on the jersey giveaway on Facebook. 250000 is our goal on Facebook for the month of December. When we reach it, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And the only people in the running for that raffle are those who contributed to the goal. We are now today, let's see, 8, 9, 10. We got four days after tonight to close the gap. We're at 70%, as you can see here on screen. So we got some making up to do if we're going to be raffling it off. But here are the top star senders. So if we hit the goal, Zach, these are the names that are going to have the most tickets in the hat Michael Ronquillo at the top, Miguel number two, followed by Travis Weber, Shane, Doug, Lawrence, Andrew Baker, Tim Hoffman, Pete Middleton, Stone Carranza, Joe Spath, and Jermaine Daughtry. That kind of Travis Tarbox, there's a few of the names, Yvonne, Lampe. So just an update. Appreciate each and every one of you. David Wilder, another one of our great supporters on Facebook, saying Vic knows he's gone in at most 14 days. You know, Scott, I don't know where you got those numbers, but I'm going to go ahead and roll with it. All right. Vic Fangio, when he got his deal, four years, $61 million. All right. $35 million guaranteed. That dude's got no worries. When he said today, Zach, when, are you worried, Vic, you're going to get fired? And he said, no, I'm not worried. I got my personal reasons why I'm not worried, but no, nah, I'm not worried. He's got $61 million reasons, Zach, why he's not losing any sleep. Maybe he is, and maybe I'm oversimplifying here. Regardless, Vic's going to be all right, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to land on his feet with a cushy DC job and about 35 to $40 million probably sitting in his bank account. And this is a guy, by the way, Zach, who preaches financial wisdom, financial accountability, uh, financial frugality to his players. He's very concerned about players uh, wasting their money or getting taken as a rich athlete. I guess this is one of those guys. Everyone's got a friend that's just real good with money. I'm guessing Vic's one of those guys. He's probably got more than 40 million bucks in the bank. I digress. Either way, he's going to be okay. Two weeks from now, Zach, in fact, two weeks from this very day, I would be absolutely slobber-knockered, slack-jawed, stunned if he is not let go. It's the same guy who also preaches no death by inches. And how's that worked out for Denver over the years? I mean, again, the guy's a walking contradiction. 
I've seen those numbers too, but I still like to see a source. I, I think like one report came out because those aren't coaches salaries are not public information. You know, they don't make that yeah. like players. So we don't really know how much they're making. I'd find it hard to believe they'd pay him that much money after just failing with Vance Joseph, by the way. Uh, but if that's the case, then I wouldn't be, I'd be apathetic too. I'd be crossing my hands too. Yeah. If, if Charge I'm, it to if the I'm, game, y'all. not making that much money. Yeah. So we shall see. But as long as Vic is no longer on the Broncos payroll, as long as he's no longer the Broncos problem, I'm fine with that. It's not my money. Um, by the way, PFF highest graded player was in fact, Drew Locke at 88.5. The next highest guy from yesterday's game, Javante Williams at 71. Now so. go compare his rating, by the way, to Teddy Bridgewater since what? October. Yeah. Miguel, appreciate you, buddy. He says, what's up, fellas? Locke's response to the Albert O drop is something Fangio should learn from. Sad day. Sad that a backup quarterback has a response like that yes. and not a yes. head coach. Zach, I can pull up the article, but yeah. if you want to paraphrase in case people don't know what he's talking about. I'm not trying to go gushy on you guys or, or be a hyperbolic about what Drew Locke said, but he's such a good teammate. Of course, he played with Albert O at Missouri, so he has a little more, I think, of a a closeness closeness factor to him, but he said that when someone else is hurting, I'm hurting too. So Alberto is hurting and I'm hurting over the drop as well, but he knows he's going to bounce back better and he's going to get better because of it. That's exactly, I agree with you, Miguel, a hundred thousand percent. That's exactly the messaging that the head coach of the entire team needs to be sending. Not like he says, Miguel says here, the backup quarterback, but that's the problem we have with the Broncos right now. Yes, indeed, guys. Uh, they, man, these ads, they're just, they're all over the place, but I can't really hate on them too much. I can't really hate on them. Um, anyway, yeah, that, their relationship goes uh, quite a ways. And Drew has always been, you know, magnanimous when it comes to the foibles of his supporting cast. Anytime he's been asked about it, from Jerry Judy's problems last year to you pick at Garrett Bowles uh, in 2019, things like that. He, he doesn't throw anyone under the bus. And sometimes, you know, quarterbacks, they, they have to be ambassadors. They have to be great politicians. In the case of Drew Locke, I think that's just really who he is. I think he's just kind of a forgiving cat. Uh, Marcus Lewis Henna from across the pond. What's going on, my friend? Appreciate you. He says, hi, Broncos country. Love and respect from the UK. Oh, boy. When will we see the last of this Fangio man? Uh, Broncos for life. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks, big dog. Maybe. I'm I'm definitely afraid of them running it back with Fangio. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's my biggest fear. We're going to wake up on Black Monday to the news that uh, Fangio's coming back for another season. I, I pray that's not the case. AJ Vigil asking us about, hey, what about Gruden? We'll grab Andrew here. What about John Gruden as a head coach? John Gruden's name is mud relative to the NFL right now. Even if there was a team out there that just loved them some Gruden, you're stepping on a PR landmine by associating yourself with that guy right now because of the uh, emails, that whole scandal, which I don't really want to bog this show down on, but long story short, AJ just ain't in the, ain't, ain't even in the conversation. Not to mention the fact that the Broncos are one of the more politically correct franchises, I think in, in the NFL. So uh, no yep. shot John Gruden would want to uh, come in that environment. Andrew Baker. The man says these last five years have been rough, but this year hurts more because it should have been a playoff team at least. But trust George Payton to fix this coaching staff and QB and bring in, bring a new feel and atmosphere. MHH for life. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Vic Fangio sure went out of his way to profusely praise George Payton today. I mean, you know, we're not big believers in coinkadinks 
coincidences on this show. So you don't think Vic's a little bit worried right now? You know, here's what he said on he and G- and whether he and George speak about the future of the team. Quote. Uh, well, actually, that's not the one. Here's on his relationship with George. Quote: George and I have a great relationship. I said, I think I said a month or two ago that one of the best assets the Broncos have is George Payton. I firmly, firmly believe that. I've been around a lot of general managers, some that are in the Hall of Fame, and I think this guy is just great at his job. He's going to continue to be great at his job, and he's going to have a major impact here on the Denver Broncos. Him and I get along tremendously, Zach. Um, you know, he could date my sister. I love this guy. You know, what more can I say? It, it smacks to me. Maybe it's just my own bias speaking, but it smacks to me of Vic Fangio saying, look who I've been around. Look how long I've been in the NFL. Look who I know. Look how esteemed my opinion is. You know, I don't really think George Payton really cares what Vic Fangio thinks about him as a general manager. I think Payton by now knows his his capabilities and uh, his assets to the team. So what else is he going to say? He's campaigning like a president would or a mayor or a governor. It's no different than that. He's trying to save his job and putting it out there publicly. For those who buy it, so many gullible people out there on social media, uh, those who buy it will think, oh, well, look at Fangio and George Payton. They have a rosy relationship. Well, it's all optics. It's all phony, in, in my opinion. Politics. Um, we have some unfortunate news to convey. All right. Deshaun Williams, big defensive lineman. Yeah. And AJ, thank you for the stars, buddy. Um, done for the year, and that's not saying much. There's only two games left, right? But uh, suffered an elbow, was it, Zach? And he's yeah. going to miss the, the next two games. And his yeah. future, interesting. Do you go and try and bring him back? I don't. He's a restricted free agent, though. I have the article up right now at mylahuddle.com, uh, RFA in 2022. And as I wrote, though, I mean, the Broncos are in a tough spot because they have – Purcell under contract. They have Draymond and Shelby under contract. Do they need to slap a tender on Deshaun Williams? And in that case, would you put a second round tender on him and pay him whatever that would be, three or four million dollars? But if you put no tender on him, you risk him being signed by another team. So it also depends who's coaching the Broncos because Deshaun came up pretty much under Vic Fangio. He was signed originally in the VJ era, but he got playing time under Fangio. If Fangio's gone, the new head coach might be, forget this, we have other, you know, McTelvin Ajim, for example, we can bring back Stephen Weatherly over Deshaun Williams. I like him. I don't know that he's a long-term 17-game starter, but a great pinch guy to have, a great backup to have. I would probably look to bring him back on a one-year deal, short money. And move yeah, definitely not a restricted free agent tender because I think even the lowest uh, original round tender is probably more than what he's worth on the open market. So you can save some dollar dollar bills and just try and negotiate with him on a on a one year return type deal. We got Smouse in the house, Z Dub Designs, one of our longtime super chat superstars. Great to see you, buddy. How you been? Hope you had a great Christmas. He says I'm over Fangio, Shermer, McMahon, and everything in between. Fangio is just as bad or worse than Vance Joseph. Please, George Payton, find coaches who actually want to build and encourage encourage players. Well said, my friend. They just need some juice, man. They need some youthful swagger, some youthful uh, energy. You know, they need some vision. They need some creativity. These are not words that you associate with Vic Fangio or Pat Shermer. I mean, let's be honest. 
you, you watch any others. I mean, right now I'm watching the Dolphins and the Saints, and I, I wouldn't say Brian Flores is an excitable coach, Chad, but the Dolphins made a pick six, and they were high-fiving, going crazy on the sideline, jumping around. Where is that energy? It, it's so glaring that the one time they showed a pulse, the, the Cowboys game the Broncos did, it was Fangio clapping. That's what we celebrated. The fact that he was walking around and not being stationary with his arms folded. So they need that. And that's why Kenny Young was such a revelation because he brought what was missing on the sidelines on the field. They don't have it from their quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. They don't have it from their head coach in Fangio, their offensive co- uh, coordinator in Pat Shermer. No one on the coaching staff can bring that spark. They need someone in the building to do that. Michaela here. I When this flashed on the screen, I literally had to hold in a chortle let's hire the donald to fire fangio you fired it'd be great to see it makes for some excellent television you know i'd love to see that zach and of course civil discussion is always right mm-hmm. brooke thank you for that super chat that's a newer name that well, uh, i don't recognize on the on the super chat wire so thanks for being with us welcome connect on twitter Brooks says, what would be your shock level if Fangio returns with a change at offensive coordinator? I think Mike Kliss hinted the possibility. We'll find out in two weeks. If if it were a con, uh, conditional type return where, Vic, you're only coming back if you find someone else at offensive coordinator, I still would be stunned. Shock level, like let's say 10 is the most shocked you can be, I would be you know, high eights, low nines. I'm not going to say absolute because there are very few things in this world, especially in media. Absolutes, you got to try and stray away from them. And, you know, in other words, just about anything's possible. And and it depends on how much credence you give, Zach, to all of the flowery GM speak we've heard George Payton say about Vic. I took this job in large part because Vic Fangio and Vic, of course, we just covered what he some just some of the recent things he said about George. That's the only thing that would make me not 100% say highest level of shock possible, but dang close, Brooke. What else is Cliss going to say as well? I mean, he's the he he wants to maintain access and he's the mouthpiece to George Payton, so I don't think he would take. Uh, too much risk and go out on too much of a limb to predict that Fangio would be fired. Fangio is also probably a source of his as well. It wouldn't surprise me or someone close to Fangio. So there's always the possibility that that George Payton goes conservative and says, okay, Vic, you got to make a change at OC. You got to make a change at quarterback. This is your last chance. Let's see what you can do with this talent. I don't want that to happen, but I'm keeping alive the possibility that it could happen. You have to as a possibility because in the NFL, absolutes, just stray away from them. Travis Tarbox, what's good, buddy? He says, evening priests and Broncos country. Glad to say I'm finally on uh, days, made it through Christmas, finally able to enjoy the show. Awesome, bro. Hoping for a whole new coaching staff next year, no doubt. Great to hear, Travis. Glad to have you with us. What's Santa Claus bring you? Huh? Let us know in the, in the chat here. But uh, good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, we got the the mill in the house saying, I feel bad for this team. Bye-bye, Fangio and Shermer. Hope I don't see Teddy the rest of the season. Locke looks better. 727 mil. Appreciate that super chat. Look, you saw that at the, this is why when we got those questions, Zach, hey, if they would have rolled with Drew from the beginning, what would our record be? I, as, as time has percolated on that, Zach, I'm inclined to say 
the floor would be where they're at now. Honestly, I think if they would have gone with Drew to begin with, the potential of what is being left on the table game in and game out by Teddy Bridgewater, you know, Drew would pick up on a few of those at worst. You know, he'd make a few of those plays. He'd make a few of those throws that Teddy has been reticent to make. And then you never know what the end result of those cumulatively could be. So, look, there's no reason whatsoever to bring Teddy Ridgewater back now. The playoffs kissed you bye-bye, or I should say you kissed the playoffs bye-bye. Twice concussed, plus you still need to get more live bullets to see, try and get a perfectly, as, as close to a perfect evaluation on Drew Locke and his future with your team as possible this late in the year, in his third year. You know, he's not, he, there's no way Drew Locke has a future in Denver so long yeah. as Vic sticks around. But there's that very slim possibility that George Payton actually meant what he said, that he's got all the tools that you look for, uh, needs more consistency. Maybe he really meant that. And if that's the case, who knows? A new coach coming in, depending on just how hard they push the Broncos to get a Rodgers or a Wilson or, you know, first round, Drew could maybe have a chance in 2022 as this team's cue, but I still think those ships have sailed. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the floor would be about what they are now. Uh, you still have KJ Hamler too, by the way, if Drew Locke would be quarterbacking because no hospital balls more than likely in week three against the Jets. But the problem is the the Broncos and Pat Shermer, they force the system on the player. They don't force the player on the system. So they would have made Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, no matter if it was Teddy or Drew Locke, actually under center just like you saw yesterday they literally turned a gunslinger into a checkdown artist they turned drew lock into teddy bridgewater so this is what we've been saying the, the personnel doesn't matter even the quarterback doesn't matter so much as long as fangio and, and pat Shermer remain employed by denver the same problems will remain they have to go uh real quick daniel thank you so much for the stars my friend seriously appreciate that uh savage boy kev on twitch says even though drew had two sacks uh, we can see that he doesn't take as many sacks that Bridgewater probably uh, would have took. You know, I'm not sure on that. It's really weird. That that whole uh, metric on Drew, it's hard to get a beat on it because as a rookie, he for the number of snaps he played, and I forget what that qualifying number was so that he could actually be compared to all the quarterbacks in the league that had started that year. What was it? Was it like 250 snaps or something was the floor? He was the hardest quarterback to sack in the NFL as a quarterback. Those five games he was he was under center for Denver. That obviously was not duplicated in year two. Um, so it's hard to kind of get a vibe on that. I think by and large, you know, he's a little bit more inclined to break the pocket too early as opposed to Teddy, who will show more patience in that pocket. And if he feels and senses the pressure, Teddy's a lot more inclined, Zach, to kind of climb the pocket and stay where he should be. Than Drew, who's still very young, very athletic, kind of very um, confident in his athleticism where he will break the pocket and go try and make something happen outside of structure. But I don't know. That's a that's an interesting topic. Teddy's also had a pocket in which to step up, though. I mean, Drew Locke, every time he dropped back yesterday, it seemed like he had pressure from the sides up the middle. The O-line failed him yesterday completely, and that's what makes the Albert O throw that much more spectacular, the fact that he stepped up in that with pressure in his face, his arm got the ball there. Not just got the ball there, but his accuracy improved where he threw the ball where only Albert O can catch it. So it's tough when circumstances are different. It seemed like the receivers catch more passes with Teddy. The line blocks better with Teddy. It's not a fair judgment call. But, 
you know, it's it's up to what Peyton thinks of Drew for next year, and if he can be a backup, his time as a starter in Denver is for sure over. Travis says, I'm also hoping for a good quarterback, not a constant backup. Amen. Roughing the passer. If Denver brings in Aaron Rodgers, will he bring Devontae Adams? You don't need to. You got Jerry Judy, dude. For real. Imagine Jerry Judy and his route running prowess catching balls from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, sky's the limit, Zach. It, I've I've talked about Jerry Judy being like a light version, very, very light version of Devontae Adams, considering how good their footwork is, their route running is, their explosion off the line, what they can do when the ball is in the air. But Jerry's never given that opportunity. It's why it was so amazing, for lack of a better word, to see what Judy did yesterday. Three catches, 60 yards in the first half. One drop, though, and they go away from him. It's You would never do that to Devontae Adams. You stick with him. But that's another Pat Shermer problem. The list is endless, honestly. We can keep going down it. I'm going to grab this one from Plum Bob, and then Albert Knoppers on Facebook has an interesting one, Scott, at 637. So let's grab Plum Bob here. He says, still sick from the game yesterday, getting swept by the Raiders. Let me put an asterisk there for you, too. Led by an interim special teams coordinator at head coach and living in the Bay Area. I'm going to hear about this game for a while. I'm really sorry, buddy. For real. I mean, team let you down. Team let everyone down. That's why change must come, and it must come two weeks from today. In order for the Broncos to get better, they have to get worse. And I know for anyone who's watched me in the last three, four years, I've been saying the same thing every year, but the worst thing they could have done yesterday was win that game and back their way into the playoffs as a wild card to get blown out in the first round and ensure that Fangio, maybe Bridgewater, and Pat Shermer all return for 2022. The best thing for this franchise is long-term change, is a change at head coach, coordinators, quarterback, fresh blood, new identity, new culture, and let's see what the Broncos do with the talent they already have. That's the best thing. So it might suck now. It might sting now. A couple weeks from now, a year from now, it's going to be feeling a lot better. I also see one, Scott, from Joe Spath at 638 that I like. I think some stars on that one too. But here's Albert Stud, super supporter, superstar, Mount Rushmore in the house. Interesting theory. He says, Drew is the nasty stepchild from a previous GM that Fangio didn't want. Teddy is his own. So maybe it's a misnomer, Zach, the notion that Drew Locke's drafting had anything whatsoever to do with Vic. And I think there's some truth to it, to be honest with you, because Vic, we know, we don't know. I've never read any reporting or heard from a source or anything like that, Zach, that Vic was pounding a table for Drew. What I have heard is that he was very involved or at least rubber stamped the Joe Flacco trade that happened, you know, two months prior to the draft, right? So this could be true. It could be that he never wanted Drew. And so, you know, combined with the way 2020 shook out, combined with week 12, the mass gate and everything else and everything in between, maybe that explains it. It might, but... It, it doesn't really matter what you want or what you don't want. It's what you have to work with and you have to make the best out of it for the betterment of your team. And when everyone is screaming to give Drew Locke a chance and let him develop with this talent around him, he has way more upside than the quarterback you want to start in Teddy Bridgewater. And he goes against that. His only motive was to appease himself that I made the call. I made the right call. It's all about me. It's my team. But he doesn't see that for what it is, though, Chad. He doesn't see the long-term vision because he chooses not to. He's, he was focused on this year and winning to save his job and maybe score an extension. Him, I'm Once again, I'm saying this. Him so unprompted, willingly offering to come back sans extension 
is a glaring Freudian slip. I think he he really wanted that. He wanted to earn that before the year by making the right call, picking the quarterback, letting his defense do the rest, and earning it. But now he's trying to beg for it. That's the difference. Michael, thank you, buddy. Hope you're having a good night, my friend, as we uh, sift through the aftermath. Joe Spath says, there are just so many OCs that do so much more with less. The Texans put up 41 on the Chargers. The Texans squad is bottom three in the league and can score more than us. Shermer is the issue on that offense. No one else. I agree. You know, and the buck stops with the OC, if we're being honest. The one consistent thread throughout the season has been the coordinator. He's just so predictable. And everything on offense, Zach, has been a struggle. From the beginning of the 2020 season, when he officially put his stamp on this offense till now, everything, and I'm being hyperbolic here, but it's a struggle. There are only a few moments of uh, triumph, very sparsely you know, peppered in this two-year reign of Shermer. And I'm thinking of Drew's Week 14 performance in Carolina. I'm thinking of his uh, Week 8 fourth-quarter performance against the Chargers last year. Um you know, the New England game on the road was actually nice offense with the exception of they couldn't close because guys were dropping touchdowns. This year, you know, there was the Dallas game that you could hang your hat on, the Chargers game that, that he could hang your hat on. But for a guy who's paid, Zach, very well to put points on the board, put players in the best position to succeed, that's not enough skins on the wall to justify keeping your job, Big Dog. I don't think it's being hyperbolic to say that. I've said it before. Every single yard is a struggle for the Broncos on offense. Every single freaking one. If you watch a game like the Packers, Kansas City, another high-flying offense around the NFL, how many times have you said to yourself about Patrick Mahomes, for example, wow, that was super easy. How many times have you said that about Teddy Bridgewater or anything under the Pat Shermer umbrella be it lock or bridgewater rarely ever if you know never at all so it is a struggle and they have nothing creative even mike mcdaniel that's the oc with the jets now they don't have any talent on that squad zach wilson is having a pretty rough rookie season but he's dialing up double passes on offense meanwhile in denver a two-time former head coach this esteemed quarterback whisperer in pat Shermer can't do more than run a fake jet sweep over and over and over and over again. So it's a glaring omission from the 21st century to where Shermer has been with Denver. There is nothing creative at all. And it's a good point by the, the commenter there. Tim Kelly, the OC with the Texans. I think he's still the OC. He was last year. He lost his franchise quarterback. That team is a laughingstock. I mean, a true joke. But when he can hang that many points on a good defense like LA's, when he can have innovative offensive plays that finesse and and manufacture points and yards and touchdowns and pat Shermer can't it's a fireable offense what he's doing to the broncos offense daniel thank you for the stars buddy seeing wilson or rogers in denver next year would be great to see balling out to uh both judy hamler and patrick yeah it'd be rad don't forget Cortland sutton don't forget noah fan don't forget albert okuebunam i mean cupboard is full Savage Boy Kev, if the Broncos go and get a Brian Dayball, it'll be his first season. So would bringing back Drew be a possibility because Dayball's past development of Josh Allen? Zach, I, it, it's too hard to, to – listen, to me, it is so subjective. Every one of these 
uh, head coach candidates are going to have an opinion unique on Drew Locke. Maybe not so unique because the prevailing sentiment, Zach, even before he entered the league on Drew Locke, uh, was that he was widely, uh, I mean, it was mainly derision, right? Even before he became a pro, uh, we learned after the fact, no, actually it wasn't too far after the fact. People were, uh, sources were telling reporters, clowning on Drew Locke's whiteboard ability and things like that. So it could be that no, but that John Elway was the only cat that gave a flying flip about Drew Locke. I doubt it, but it's very, it's going to be very contingent savage boy to basically sum this up on the individuals. And if there's any positive thread there, it is, as you mentioned, Dayball's past of developing a similarly raw and similarly, similarly talented, not on quite the same scale, obviously uh, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, no two situations are comparable. It's like snowflakes. No one is the same thing. I mean, what the Broncos have had with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke is is different than what any other team has had with their quarterbacks. They haven't put those guys, though. I mean, the quarterbacks itself, Teddy and Drew, they haven't done their part. They've fallen short as well. But what situations have they been put in with the coaching and the play calling, the preparation, the overall vibe of the team, playing for a head coach that couldn't give a crap about the offense? That's pretty tough. So I, I hate to exonerate the players because I believe blame is is due for all parties, but the coaching staff has been so incompetent and so in over their head and so archaic. What other word is there to use other than truly old school archaic? And that's the problem with the Broncos. Incompetent. That's the other word that I would throw Has into to be. that, that uh, meal you. Dave from Georgia, legendary Mount Rushmore superstar. What's up, buddy? The only way I would support Fangio coming back next year would be with a new OC and preferably a new special teams coach. Hope everyone had a great holiday. Hashtag Broncos Country Football Priest. Hope you had a great holiday, my friend. Hope you did as well. What did Santa Claus bring you? Let us know, my friend. Um, Jesse Fraley in the hizzy. Thank you, Jesse, a newer name. So connect on Twitter. Welcome. Vance Joseph was fresh. It's fresh, really ideal. So speaking, Zach, to the idea of a young guy, you know, fresh, first go around as a head coach, some vitality, some juice, some energy. Vance Joseph was that, is what Jesse's saying. I mean, if you've seen what Vance has done with the Cardinals, if you've watched him as a defensive coordinator – the philosophies he's employing are more 21st century than what Vic Fangio's done. I just, it's one thing to have the rankings and you're this and that in the red zone or you're this and that against scoring, but when you never produce anything, takeaways, interceptions, when you never change the complexity of a game, when your defense never comes up clutch and you're a supposed defensive mastermind, I mean, Vic has way more skin in the game. He has way more years on Vance, but yet... As defensive coordinators and play callers, it seems like they're comparable. That shouldn't be. It's really simple, Jesse, and anyone that's thinking this as well. If you're going to hire a defensive head coach, I don't care if it's a fresh guy, right? If a guy on his first go around, young, relatively speaking, like Vance, or an old crotchety guy like Vic, you got to nail the offensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer, good example of that. Dan Quinn. On top of the world, Telly lost Kyle Shanahan, right? You got to nail. Uh, look, John Fox, defensive guy, had uh, – it was pretty dicey there. I mean, they literally were requiring and leaning on Tim Tebow, opening up the windows of heaven so that the football gods could pour out blessings on this team on a week-in, week-out basis to succeed that year. You take away Peyton Manning from that scenario, 
in for John Fox the next three years. I'm telling you that uh, Mike McCoy led offensive staff, Adam Gase, they weren't going to be Jack squat. All right. So if you're going to hire a defensive guy, I'm getting a little long winded here, Zach, you better nail offensive coordinator or it's going to be a yeah. long tenure and even long if in the sense of, you know, painful. Even if you have an offensive guy like Mike McCarthy, you still want to have an up-and-coming assistant like a Kellen Moore, for example. So, yeah, if they do go for a Dan Quinn or Leslie Frazier or, God forbid, bring back Fangio for another year, they better get the OC higher right, and I hope it's an innovative guy. But at this point, Chad, you or I or Theo or Scott would be an upgrade <laughs> on Pat Shermer. I mean, honestly, that's the case. It's not even funny. It's the truth. Let's grab Travis Weber. Thank you, buddy. We're, we're keeping you on the side because it takes up the whole screen. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Broncos country. Hope everyone had a great Christmas. My take is that dementia has set in on Vic. If he thinks he deserves another season, the man is off his rocker. Fighting with Brandon McManus on the sideline, he has totally lost the locker room. I wouldn't be shocked if Peyton has already made up his mind, but must wait with the circumstances. On the other hand, moving forward, Three players will be out for the Chargers, including Mike Williams and Chris Harris. Yeah, there's that's a positive for you. Um, I don't think there's any must-wait under the circumstances. There's nothing preventing him from informing Vic Fangio, even if you don't fire him. Vic, I just want you to know, at the end of the season, you are being let go, so that starting tomorrow, they could actually begin interviewing head coach candidates. In order to be able to interview early, under the new NFL rules, Zach, you have to have either, either fired your head coach or informed him internally that he will not be back next year. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe later this week, reports will start matriculating from the insiders that the Broncos are interviewing candidates, which, if that's the case, we'll know through default that Vix has been informed he won't be back. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. I think George Payton, I don't think he really sees that much of an advantage in terms of competing with other teams out there for the top candidates. I'm not sure he sees much of an advantage because Zach, until that first coach is hired under these new, uh, this new rule, I don't think teams are going to worry too much about it because think about it, Brian Dayball, you want to interview me, bro, I've got, let me look at the schedule. Whoever's next up, right? I got to worry about that right now. I, it's one thing in the playoffs to do it when maybe you've got a buy or something like that. It happens. But right now in the middle of the season, playoff berth on the line, like I think George realizes that it might end up being more of a minefield to try and connect those interviews in season than is worth it. And so he'll just wait till Black Monday and then start the process fresh. First of all, even if they do beat the Chargers and sweep them this year, is there any confidence they would come back and put together a winning streak and beat Kansas City? Because now they have to win out and get some serious, serious help to have any shot at a wild card berth. So uh, Peyton knows also which way the wind is blowing. It, it, it really, at this point with two games left, it pays for him to ride it out. Let Fangio keep digging his own grave. Let the games play out as they will. He probably knows they're not going to be competitive. They might win one more game, but not enough where Fangio can justify with his record that he should come back for another year. So that's why, you know, it's one thing to be impulsive. It's another thing to be reactive and emotional. I think George Payton is logical and he'll wait until Black Monday and go from there and see how the team plays the next couple of weeks. If he's on the fence, we don't really know this for a fact. We're speculating. All of us in the media, all of us doing these things, Every fan is speculating. No one knows how he feels. But if he's on the fence, if he's 50-50 and the Broncos are competitive 
in their next two games, that might be enough to sway Peyton to keep Fangio for another year. So he has nothing to lose and maybe everything to gain by waiting two more weeks. George Fox, appreciate you, buddy. And by the way, we're at 53 minutes, so we got to be rapid fire. We got to get out of here soon. George says, uh, Vic has had it out for Locke since last year. He also had it out for Vaughn from day one. And I think he had something to do with Vaughn leaving. Plus, McManus has never uh, been someone that he liked, yet he thinks he should be uh, kept for another year. What a joke. Denver Broncos for life. MHH the best. Appreciate you, brother. Can't disagree with really anything you said there, buddy. Pete Middleton. What's up, buddy? Locke had no help from the receivers, tight ends, running backs, or offensive line, including having no recognizable center playing. The amount of drops from everyone is getting embarrassing. He deserves the last two games. Yeah, it's bad, dude. And what is it? This is why it's like, Zach, you, you, you said, I can't remember the exact verbiage. Cursed. Drew Locke in Denver is cursed. That was the word that you used. And I think there's some truth to it. The poor kid needs a fresh start. And maybe he'll never be more than what he's been in Denver. And that's probably what future awaits him. But he can't catch a break. Even when he basically does things the way he should and, you know, does modestly well, can't catch a break. You know, it's a bummer. Sometimes it happens to quarterbacks. I mean, even maybe Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. He's playing his best ball, I think, of his career maybe in Indianapolis right now. Sometimes it's just a change of scenery. And then look at Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. Look at Ryan Tannehill now in Tennessee as well. I mean, both when they either arrived at that place or left that place, their careers took off. I want to see what Drew can do with a different team, in a different system, in a new city, different locale. If he doesn't take a step forward, that's on Drew, but there's always the chance that he will just – not in these cursed walls in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's grab uh, Gears Gains Games. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, appreciate that super. Attended my first game ever on Sunday. Sad we lost, but happy it was competitive. Definitely an experience of a lifetime. The offense and defensive line let us down. Boy, you ain't a kidding. Even Vic, Zach, had to acknowledge that the Broncos – Lost the battle in the trenches on both sides of the ball. He pointed specifically for whatever reason, Zach, to the second half, but it was all game long, dude. They got bullied from the opening snap. Yeah, on both sides of the offensive line, as we know, they got pushed around. But the defensive line, when you know Jacobs is running the ball every single down and you can't stop him every single down, that's a softness issue in the Broncos' defense. I don't mean a physical one. I mean a metaphorical one. Uh, the same metaphor and the same word that John Elway used a couple years ago, now it applies to Fangio's Broncos as well. They're too highly paid. They're too talented to be that soft up the middle, Chad. That's a direct indictment of the coaching staff and the one that just stands so stoic, so passive, so apathetic to it all in Vic Fangio. By the way, I agree with Dylan Von Arks here who says, Peyton gave Vic everything he needed to succeed, and he still failed. That's I deserve another year under what merit? I mean, explain that. I would have said, okay, Vic, why? Why do you believe that? Travis, terrible, hate to say it, but hopefully the next coach actually cares about his team. Like Elway said, we need players that want to be here and be Broncos. The same goes for the coach. Uh, Yes, indeed. Uh, Michaela's asking about her super chat. We did get Michaela's super about uh, you fired. Maybe I'm just way too far behind here colby good to see you buddy i'm so tired of this all i had to say yesterday was full of bleeps we're uh we're never making the playoffs unless we're 
competitive in the division. That's right. You know, you got to nail the next head coach and then you got to find a quarterback. Period. End of story. Pete Middleton, where have all the drops suddenly come from? Do you think it's due to the quarterbacks and coaching or the team just not being fully focused? Yes. Look, it makes it a little bit harder when you've been so ingrained with one quarterback all year long and his throwing style uh, to suddenly go to one. It'd be one thing if they were similar type arms, right, Teddy and Drew. But the spin on that ball, I mean, Jerry Judy explained that in training camp. He was asked straight up, and I don't have the quote pulled up. I'm going to kind of riff off of memory here, paraphrasing. But the difference between catching a Teddy pass and a, and a Drew pass and long story short, Teddy kind of floats it in for him real nice and easy, and Drew's come in with a lot more mustard on it. And that's me making excuses for the for the wide receivers. Other than that, when you talk about teams not being fully focused, when you talk about a lack of preparation, <clears throat> guys, that points to the coaches, period. That's it. It's on the coaches if guys aren't ready to throw down. Nothing against you, Chad. I just can't make excuses for the wide receivers he had an entire practice the entire week with the ones and with the receivers, and they have no problem catching passes and forming chemistry. It's not like he came in cold. And even if he did, these guys are professional NFL pass catchers. They get paid to catch the ball. There's no excuses for that. If Drew Locke gets criticized for what he does under his job description, then the wide receivers, including the tight ends like Albert O, should as well. There's no reason for the drops, and it applies to Teddy as well. It doesn't matter about how the ball is thrown or the dynamics of the spiral on the ball. If it hits your hands, you got to catch it. Point blank, period. Duke Rose, appreciate you, bro. It's And by the way, on the topic of Judy, it's so frustrating because the drops, he uh, eliminated that in his game this year. He has not been a dropsy guy all year long. Drew gets in the game. Whoop, back at it. Duke, good to see you, buddy. It's sad how Vic really doesn't get it. How do you not see what we see like come on man it could be simply i'm gonna go ahead and and again like kind of make i'm gonna grasp i'm gonna grope at, at, at being understanding for vic how do you not get it uh maybe he's just too close to see i don't know that's me being as kind as possible to vic fangio he ain't it he ain't three it. three words he ain't it that's what that's the description Michael says, Vic is not a head coach type. He's a defensive coordinator uh, by trade. Get a young guy, get a young head coach to turn the Broncos around in the NFL. I hear you, buddy. Huero in the house. Good to see you, bro. Keep lock. Use him next year since there are no good quarterbacks uh, to draft. Save our picks and players instead of trading them and build the team for the next quarterback. You like that strategy, Zach? Then we'll grab Corey. I... I don't know. I, I could see it both ways. I, I like the idea, and I, it might be idealistic of me to think this way, of just drafting a quarterback, whoever it may be, building them up and having that guy cost control for the first contract, but in your clutches for maybe a decade or so, and having a true franchise guy homegrown. It sounds pretty good to me, but there's the other scenario where you have a win-now roster and a closing window if you want a plug-and-play franchise guy like a Rodgers Wilson, Deshaun Watson, et cetera, et cetera. That might be the play too. We all have our preferences, but we all have one thing in common. We just want the Broncos to win, baby. Okay, we got a rapid fire from here, guys. Corey H., thank you for that generous super chat, my brother. I'm starting to want Vic, a new OC, and a new veteran quarterback. That's the quickest path to the top. So keeping Vic with a new OC and a new veteran quarterback. 
uh, probably have to give up our first at least to get the vet, but I think that would be the safest path. I know you guys don't like it. Yeah, definitely don't like it, my brother. Uh, what has Vic done that makes you think that would be the quickest path, even with a new veteran quarterback and a new OC? That's my question to you, buddy. You know, the only – I'll keep this short. I can say a lot about it. They don't want to get rid of Vic Fangio because they don't want to lose the defensive – I don't know what you call it, defensive rankings because it's not game-changing ability. They don't want to lose the top-ranked defense. But I feel like a trade-off – so if they fell to, let's say, 10th, but their offense came from 20th to 10th as well, a well-balanced team, you know, that it's a little better. I would take that trade-off, and that's what you have to do and that's what has to be for Fangio to be removed from the equation. I'd be okay with the defense taking a slight small step back if the offense would take three leaps forward under a different head coach. Travis Weber, I don't know if it was the O-line missing Kush, but they were dismal and we couldn't run the ball at all. Jeremy says, listening to the players, they're all but shooting, uh, all but shouting that Pat needs to go, but I don't think the team has given up on Fangio. Time will tell on that front, guys. We'll know. We'll have our answer for sure on that within two weeks. All right. Josh N, thank you for the super. He says 14 carries. Last three games, 27, 39, 30 uh, carries. 14, throw on first, incomplete. Obvious run on second. Obvious throw on third and long all game. If you're going to turn Lock into Teddy, give him the same run support. Well said, bro. Well said. They just could not get any push yesterday. Colby Gordon was off, and it was obvious. Pookie was getting a few yards at least. Why not only run Williams? And Gordon maybe just won if Pookie needed a breather. No coaching or halftime changes, corrections. Yeah, adjustments. Vic Fangio knows nothing about this. He's won one game when trailing at the half, dude, like all time. Bad, bad news. Uh, Leon uh, jumping in. This is the time of year when I'm jealous of all the other teams with a good coaching staff. I know, man. I know we, we must eat our peanut butter and jelly sandwich as much as we might not be in the mood for it. You know, it's just, it is what it is right now. Um, I think we're caught. No, we're not caught up. All right, hold up. We're, we're, we're doing some uh, scroll, but we really got to rapid fire. We got to bounce on out of here. Uh, Sam Bam. In George Payton, I trust 14 days till a new era in Broncos country begins. I fully believe it. Go Broncos. Amen, bro. Pete Middleton, today's the first day teams can talk to candidates if they have no coach, just saying. They Or if they've informed them, Pete, that they're not going to be retained. They don't have to make it public. They don't have to fire him, per se. But if they have internally informed that coach, they will not be back. They can request interviews. Uh, Mike says, great show. Chad, Zach, on the Mile High Huddle Aftermath. Thank you, bro. Appreciate all the stars. You to man. You're leading in the month of December for a reason. You're a freaking Hall of Famer, Mike. Um, Nate, appreciate those stars. Really, we do. I think we're about there. Travis, great show, guys. Have a good night. Enjoy the week. You too, Zach. Sign us off, bro. I'm going to go pull up Facebook, and then uh, we'll see everybody Wednesday night. If I can get to these banners, I sure will. That was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. Follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle for all your Broncos news, rumors, analysis, transactions, and more. Follow us 
on Twitter for the podcast at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com right now. Get yourself a comfortable hoodie. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a lot of goodies at HuddleUpPod.com and Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. Big blue button. Three exclusive shows at your fingertips. Kelberman's Corner every week. Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone. Five bucks a month worth every penny. I promise you that. And Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. If you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do that, do these three things. Take five seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Yes, it does. We've seen a bunch of five-stars coming in, and we appreciate each and every one of you. And we look forward to doing the raffle on who's going to win some swag from that group. Um I think Sunday is when that will be, all right? Because, um, oh, the, the Super Chat rankings. I'll pull those up. Let me find them. Let me do this real quick, um, and then we'll pull up the Supers. Michael at the top today on Facebook. Thank you, buddy. Just going off the chain. Travis Weber right behind him. Joe Spath, Doug, Colby, Pete, Andrew Baker, Travis Tarbox, Miguel, David Wilder, Kenyon, Nate, AJ, George, Marcus, Daniel, Jeremy, multiple newer names there. I love seeing it. Thank you guys so much. Uh, helping us keep the lights on here. And speaking of helping us keep the lights on our super chat, superstars are the ones that deserve the clout and credit for turning this into what it became and has become when we first started doing these live streams, Zach, uh, many, many moons ago now, how long has it been? 2019. So that we're in our third year, right? Doing yeah. this, uh, the, turning all the pods into live streams. And anyway, you guys, you make every one of our live podcasts just so the conversations, the relationships we build, it's just phenomenal. Here is the rankings up to date as of the 27th of December on Super Chat. DWI guys at the top, Michaela at two. Your spot is secure, Michaela. It looks like it too. Naj has worked his way up into the top five over the last 24 hours. Christopher Gaspari still in the top five. And then the queen at five, Chris Hernandez. Here's the few of the names just outside. Mark from Georgia might have worked his way in after tonight. Kayaka, uh, Malachi, Corey H is going to climb a little bit after tonight. So those are the names. Love you guys. Appreciate you. And uh, as Zach said, we'll see you on Wednesday. Take care. And as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.